Hey, y'all can be seated just a little bit. I got a, a few things just to go over this morning. Uh, first thing, next week, we are going to start life groups back up. We got two groups. Actually got four groups that are going to meet on campus next week, okay? Does everybody know that? Everybody know that? Seen emails? All right. We, uh, we have um, Nelson. Elrod, who's going to teach a group back here in the choir room. We'll have it set up. We'll have a little distance between chairs. So all of you who want to come meet in there, do that at 9.15 next Sunday morning. Kirk Adams is going to teach a group in the Family Life Center on the basketball court out there, okay? Come there. Brother Kevin is going to be down there hosting uh, two rooms for our preschool that's two-year-old through fifth grade we'll have the the preschool will be in one room we'll have the children in the other room children will be like k through fifth grade or if you want to keep fourth fifth with you in kirk's class out there that'll be fine too my brother uh, kevin will have some folks down there to take care of those folks all right excited about doing that that's going to be that's going to be a fun day. Look forward to, to uh, getting some folks back on campus. That's 9:15, both places. All right, you know, they'll stop in time to give you uh, give you a chance to get up here and and get ready for worship. All right. The other thing, if you are in the student ministry here at Airline Baptist Church, stand up for me, okay? Student ministry, I see you. I see you. 
That is sixth grade through high school, okay? Yeah, all right. Listen, I'm not going to give you any details, but I'm going to tell you this. Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday night, is going to be an exciting time for you. Don't miss it, okay? Don't miss it. Probably be the best Wednesday night we've ever had. Uh, so be here for that. Put a lot of work into it. Brother Andrew and, uh, and his crew and staff have really been working hard. So Wednesday night, 6, Andrew, 6.30? What? 6? Six? <laughs> make it hard. All right, I just want to make sure. Everybody, 6.15, all right? I want you to be here. and want you to bring somebody with you. It's going to be a great night. So students, thank y'all. Love you. Appreciate all that you do. Appreciate the days ahead. 6.15 Wednesday night. Be here. All right? And again, just want to say how much I love you and appreciate y'all being here this morning to worship together. If you uh, don't see our pastor, it's because he's recuperating. He's had surgery Friday on a, had some problems with his thumb, had some pain there. Talked to him uh, Friday evening late, and he said he, the pain was pretty bad unless he raised his hand. So I said, well, just come on to church, man. <laughs> sit here and raise your hand just kidding with him of course but uh he's dealing with that pain keeping his arm elevated so keep him in your prayers he's he's fine he'll be back in the in the building we'll be doing things next week hope all of you have a wonderful weekend and hope that you aren't working some, uh monday so you can have a nice long labor day weekend and have some fun okay let's pray and then i want us to stand up and and sing a Another beautiful song this morning, Build My Life. Build My Life. Turn our life over to Him that we can be like Jesus in what we do, how we treat others, how we work with others, build relationships with others. Build my life. But let me pray, and then we'll sing, okay? God, we love you. And Father, we thank you so much for the privilege to be here today, to worship, to lift you up. Thank you for those who are here this morning, God, as many are traveling, I know, pray to be with them, keep them safe. God, but we just want you to, to bless our time together as we come to honor and to lift you up. Be with those who are in the hospitals, who are dealing with this virus or other things, surgeries they're recovering from. Thank you for the victories already won. Lord, it's just good to see Scott here this morning. Thank you for what you've done in his life. And so many who have been through that. Thank you for me, God, for leading me through that time. And, and God, just so many others who have dealt with it. And, and because of your strength and, and your provision, overcome it. God, thank you. God bless the remainder of our time. And bless Brother Chase in a little bit as he comes to bring the word to us this morning. We love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you for this church family, and thank you for this place that we gather each week to lift you up. God, it's an honor to stand and to serve you. It's an honor to worship you. So, God, as we all stand together right now in this place, as we all stand and as we all say, God, thank you, we just lift up everything to you, give you the honor and the praise, and say, thank you, Father. Amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all. 
amen. We put our trust in you this morning, God. Pray that you'd build our life, God, around your truth, that we could be faithful to you. We'd be honoring to you in all that we do. Bless the remainder of our time as we come to celebrate your word preached this morning. And God, you just have your way in everything that's done for us. In Jesus' holy name, we pray and ask. Amen. Well, amen. Amen. We're so glad that you are here to worship with us today. If I can get this mask off, hang around my glasses right there. Not really conducive to glasses wearers. Um, we're so glad you're here worshiping with us at Airline Baptist Church. Whether you're here in person or here listening online, we are just delighted that you decided to worship with us today. In fact, if you're here in person, my wife and I would be delighted to come back and meet you in our connect area back there. We've got a small gift uh, to give you if you're a first-time guest, first-time visitor, just to thank you for coming. Um, and if you're listening online, I'm not going to mail you a gift. I'm sorry, but you can, you can come in person one time, and I'll give you a gift. So anyway, howdy. Howdy, neighbor. Howdy. Like that, that howdy neighbor is something that is somewhat of a joke in my house, um, growing up especially, because... My father, anytime we would go anywhere, even if we would be around town in, in, in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, uh, or Disney World in Orlando, Universal Studios, even walking down the streets of Washington, D.C., uh, if I was with my dad, if we're with my dad, you could always hear when he meet, meets someone, hi, neighbor, or how you doing, neighbor, or sometimes you feel in more country than others, howdy, neighbor, and it kind of became a joke because obviously, when, especially whenever me and my brothers were, were younger and, and obviously we drew the connection in our mind that that person my father was saying hi neighbor to, they didn't live anywhere near us. Like, I mean, he, and he didn't know them from Adam either, but he would still greet and virtually still to this day anyone he meets with hi neighbor. So my question, I got two questions I'm going to pose right here to start off with. First what constitutes a neighbor? What defines a neighbor? Some of you might be thinking in your mind, oh, well, I know that answer. It's, it's, it's someone that, that lives in cl close proximity with us, right? Maybe it's, let's get bigger than that. Maybe it's someone who lives in our same community, right? They might not live right next door to you or your family, but they're in the community that we live in with you. Maybe it's someone you want to get bigger than that that you socialize with, right? You consider your neighbor, your neighborhood, your group of friends, Maybe it's someone that you share the same belief system with, whether it's your parenting style, the way you dress, your politics, your religion, right? Maybe in your mind, that's what constitutes a neighbor. And in fact, you know, as we, as, 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 as we get bigger and as society virtually shrinks because of smartphones and we have online communities, right, we're able to link up online. And so our neighbor has become someone that's not necessarily that close to us, but we link into the same belief system. Maybe it's the, you, the type of work that you do, right? Maybe that's where you find your neighborhood, your community, whether you work in an office or you work as a construction worker or something along those lines. That, that's, that's your community. That's who your neighbor is, at least you think. So the, que the second question I have is, what constitutes a good neighbor? Well, Maybe some things are coming to mind. Maybe you're thinking, man, I'm a pretty good neighbor. This is what I think constitutes a good neighbor. Maybe, maybe it's when I share a cup of sugar with the old lady down the road because she's making a, a pie. Or maybe it's, you know, you go over and cut the grass of the elderly woman who lives beside you. Maybe that's what you think, man, I'm a good neighbor because I do that. Maybe 
uh, if you live in an apartment complex, your idea of a good neighbor is not stomping around if you've got downstairs neighbors and making as much noise and beating pots and pans uh, as it were. Uh, maybe your version of a good neighbor is you think I'm a pretty good neighbor when I don't punch my neighbor in the face because he annoys me. Maybe that's what you think is a good neighbor. But see, there's really more to defining what a neighbor is, what a good neighbor is especially. There's more than all of that. There's more than proximity, and there's more than who we work with and who we socialize with. There's really a, a, a much different biblical definition of what a neighbor is. And, and see, unfortunately, in, in, in modern society, in secular society, since the dawn of time, really, we, we have placed an extremely transactional lens on what it means to be a neighbor. What can they do for me? Or, or, or how do my interactions with someone benefit me socially, economically, positively, negatively? How, how, how when I enter, what, what are they going to get me? And sometimes transactional relationships can be somewhat good, right? Not all transactional relationships are negative. However, when we put it in the context of, of being a good neighbor, we vastly miss the point of what being a neighbor is all about. See, we have to apply a biblical lens onto what it means to be a neighbor. And we have to look at it really through the, 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 the lens of the glasses God is trying to put onto us so that we as believers truly understand what it means to be a neighbor. God right now is inviting each and every one of us to be a good neighbor, but we have to be willing to sit back and let him decloud our vision, look at the world around us, and evaluate ourselves to see if we're really being a good neighbor or not. So if you have your Bible with me today, you can open up to the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 10. We're going to be in verse number 25. In fact, on my Bible, this passage is found on page 1066. So I don't know if that helps you out, but you're more welcome to flip that page and see if that is there. So the parable of the Good Samaritan, verse number 25 says, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, talking about Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How, how do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28, And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So Jesus right there answers the lawyer's que question. And then following up, but see the lawyer wanted a little bit more. We see it in verse number 29. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going along the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, Levite being another man uh, of the Jewish uh, cloth there, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then set him on his own animal, the own animal of the Samaritan. He puts him on there and brings him to an end and took care of him. And the next day, 
He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said. The lawyer replied, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Dear God, we thank you. Thank you for the gift of your word, God, the, the word that you are trying to open our eyes with, God. Let us today, let this, your word come to life as we look at it, God, and, and learn what it means to be a good neighbor. Bless those here today, God. Let them have open ears for you. In your name we pray, amen. So if we're going to, let's just dissect that and let's look at that. The first thing we're going to have to realize right off the bat, and you should see it there from that story, is we can't choose our neighbor. Before we establish anything else, if we're going to look at being a good neighbor with a biblical perspective, we have to first recognize that we can't choose our neighbor. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't care what Merriam-Webster says. Like, if, I, if you pull your phone out right now and go on Google and type in the definition of neighbor, Merriam-Webster is going to have all these definitions that talk about what we talked about to begin with, right? Neighbors in proximity, neighbors who you, someone you associate with. I don't care what Merriam-Webster says about living near someone or being in close relation, proximity to someone. The fact of the matter is we have no choice in who our neighbor is. See, both, both, both the priest and the Levite, verse number 31 and 32, they couldn't comprehend this fact. They were, they were all caught up in really who they... What did they do? They both would pass by the man laying beaten on the ground. I can only imagine what they were thinking when they did it. You know, they said, it's probably like, ooh, look at that dirty man. There's swerve. I got to get out of the way. I might get some, some blood on my Sunday vest. I can't get down the dirt and pick him up. Like, I don't, I got my good priest robes on. I can't do that. Like, I, 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 do I know you? Or, or, are you from my community? Are you someone I associate with? Like, I, I don't want to get involved in anything. Hey, you know, your skin tone looks a little bit darker than mine, and I, I don't want to interfere with anything that you've got going on. So I think it's best if your community deals with the issue, and, and, and it'll be all right. We can move on from that. You, you deal with yours, and I'll deal with mine, and it, it'll be good. Or, or maybe it was something like, I'm very important, and I just don't have time for that. I'm just going to ignore, 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 and walk away, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Maybe it was one of those things that went through their head. See, we just like the Levite and the priest asked the wrong question. We ask, who is my neighbor? When the question we should be asking is, where is my neighbor? And then if we realize that we can't choose our neighbor, we recognize that our neighbor is everywhere. And we have no choice at that point than to help our neighbor. No matter how it inconveniences us, no matter how it affects us, if we recognize that we can't choose our neighbor, and that our neighbor is everywhere, then we have no choice but to show mercy. See, I want to circle back to that story I, I told at the beginning about my dad. Um, I didn't realize growing up, it took me a whole lot later uh, in life to realize he was really getting at something. And I don't even know if he realizes this, but, but I do. And I might be pulling more out of what he does than, than he even knows. But see, 
what, what I didn't realize was that my dad's approach of, of howdy neighbor, right, greeting everyone as if they were a long-lost brother or a long-lost relative is really, in fact, biblical, right? Because that's how we should greet anyone that we come in contact to with a daily basis, whether we know them or not, should always be hi, neighbor. Our neighbor, if our neighbor is, is, is everywhere, we need to be cognizant of the fact of how we act around our neighbor. What does that mean in 21st century America? Well, it means thinking twice before we share or post a, a something on social media. It's what that means. I mentioned earlier that the world's getting smaller. The world's shrinking. We all have smartphones. We're all connected globally. On my friends list on Facebook, I have friends from all over the world. That, and I, I would venture to say a lot of you do as well. Being a, a good neighbor and, and remembering that our neighborhood is not just the people around us, but global means thinking before we do something on the Internet that's going to make someone question who we really think we are. Pastor Andrew right now has uh, challenged his students to completely get off social media, right? Completely get off Instagram. Don't be caught up in all that mess. And I think it's something really good that we all should also consider doing to better our lives and grow more closer with God. See, if the Facebook post you're about to share is derogatory and demeaning to a certain person or a group, I can promise you right now you do not need to post it. You do not need to post it. I don't care how right you think you are or how wrong that person actually is. If you are going to post something that is defaming, derogatory, and ugly, I don't care if you know them or not. I don't care if if you know the person or if you never met them. If there's somebody on TV you see, if you're going to post something mean, ugly, or hateful, you don't need to do it because Jesus wouldn't. We're supposed to be different. Leave the mudslinging to the media and the politicians. Being a good neighbor means not blowing up at your waitress when the food order gets wrong. That's what being a good neighbor means. Whenever the waitress brings out the wrong food to you and puts it on on the table, being a good neighbor means you don't go off on her, tell her she's stupid, and then she needs to find another job, and then not leaving a tip. My challenge to you right now is the, the worst service you have at a restaurant, the bigger tip you give. Try that and see how that will humble you. Being a good neighbor means listening and attempting to understand the trials and struggles of individuals, even though they may appear to be different than you. It costs you exactly zero dollars and zero cents to listen to somebody. God gave each and every one of us two ears. Being a good neighbor means holding those in authority authority, both religious and secular, to ethical, biblical standards. That's what being a good neighbor means. Do it respectfully. But we've all, if we are believers, if we're Christ followers, if we're unpacking the biblical truths God gives us right here in his book, looking through that biblical lens at what it means to be a Christ follower in the 21st century, that means calling out respectfully those who do not hold to biblical moral ethics. Look, this is hard. I don't want you to think I'm up here just preaching down at you. This is really, really hard to do, and I promise you, I struggle most with being cheerful, with being a good neighbor, with being happy, with being positive. My wife can tell you I'm an unbearable person sometimes, especially when I get irritated at something, something, or my surroundings. I see people shaking their head because they must have dealt with me sometimes when I've been mildly irritated. (laughs) Look, I'm... Can I, just, can I just level 
with, with, with y'all really quick. The, since the month of August, really July, if we can back up, I mean, got hit with COVID, worked through that, all good. But really, the month of August has been tough for, 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 for me. I mean, you know, it, it, it has been an outright struggle for me to be a good neighbor. I mean, just, just to be an example, got two cars, both, uh, both of them don't have AC in them. Fix the AC in one car. A few weeks later, I'm driving the car down the road. The brakes go out on the car while I'm driving down the road um, because that was the car that I paid the money to fix the AC in. So now I got to take that car to the shop. So me and my wife are stuck with one car, my car, which I didn't fix the AC in because I literally just drive from my house to the church. So I really don't need AC to do that. And I already paid some money on the car to try to get the problems fixed. And so Wife in my, uh, breaks in my wife's car, goes out, drive, I'm taking them, repair, pretty much not fixable. Already dumped several hundred dollars in it, going to be uh, almost a thousand plus more to get the brakes fixed. And let me tell you something, if you don't have AC in the car, you're going to struggle to be a good neighbor. I'm going to, if you know, whenever it's 90 something degrees in Georgia in the middle of late July, early August, and I'm going to Kroger because I go to Kroger every day. Blake Butler saw me the other day and said, you come here every day? And I said, yeah. I do. I always got to be getting something. So going to Kroger, it's, it is, I'm sweating. It's really hard to not stand in line right there. And whenever the line through Kroger is back out all the way to the meat department, and I'm sitting there, I'm pouring sweat, thinking I got to get back in my hot car. And I got to drive home. And I got to drive to the church. Now, now, see, I'm not trying to throw a pity party. I don't want anybody to feel, like, oh, woe is me. I'm not trying to, to talk about how bad my life is. I'm just letting you know that I promise you I'm not sitting up here preaching down on anyone or, or, or trying to do something that I, don't, uh, that I don't fail at because I fail at being a good neighbor each and every day. And I, I know about the struggle more than, than probably anybody else here. But see, here's the comfort I find in all this because some of you are saying, man, it, it, that's just jacked up. I don't see how he lives his life without it. I say, this is the comfort I find. Right here, because I know when I lay my pillow down, my head on my pillow at night, I know that God is going to provide. Me and my family, we're not going to do without. I promise you that. We are not going to do without. This is a constant fact. When I lay my head down at night, I know the Lord is going to provide, and my sole responsibility and the whole equation is to love Him and then likewise love others. And, and that's, that's where I find the strength to get through difficult days. That's where I find the strength to call my messed up self out when I'm being a poor neighbor. See, look, look, look what Jesus responds with right here. Look at, look at his response to who is my neighbor. When, when the lawyer asks who is my neighbor, Jesus does what? He responds with a story. He responds with a, a, a parable meant to, to teach. He, he tells him a story. He doesn't just tell him the answer to the equation. He poses a story. But we have to look really actually at what, because a lot of people kind of somewhat break off the two parts. Like you, you have the parable uh, starting kind of in verse number 30, but a lot of people separate the two parts and preach on two different uh, parts of that message there. But we need to look at verse number 28 when the lawyer said, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? See, before he posed the question of how do I be a good neighbor, he asked the question of what do I do to inherit eternal life? See, the lawyer went to Jesus seeking out his own interest first, and he left his encounter with Jesus going out to seek others. That, 
That's powerful right there. See, if we look at being a neighbor from a biblical perspective, this is how each and every one of us should leave every encounter with Jesus. We, we, we seek him, we seek our own interest, and then we go out and seek the interest of others. No longer seeking out our own interest, but seeking out the interest of our neighbor. Go and do likewise. Listen, we've, we've got a, a great opportunity, and I, I'm, I'm going to bring this ship down for a landing. There's no sense in belaboring this point really quick. I'm going to go through a few more things. Mike and I think the, the band are going to come up here and, and play. And, but but uh, we've got a really great opportunity to, to do something cool in our community. We, we talked about it in staff meeting, and I've been praying about it. It's been on my heart for, for a while now. And I know it's, it's, it's in Pastor Andrew's heart, taking the church off the hill up here. And we have a really unique opportunity in our community to, to launch what I think the staff and I uh, agree are community groups. These are, are separate from life groups. The, uh, these are separate from any other teaching time here because it's not going to happen on this hill, right? The, com the community groups, we are prayerfully praying over people to step up and say, I want to I wanna lead a community group. Now, what does that entail? We're, we're going to equip empower, and empower you to do this on your own. We're not, the staff and I aren't going to sit there and, and hold your hands as we go through this. What we want you to do is say, hey, I live in, a, in an apartment complex here in Gainesville. We got apartments that are booming. We are looking now at a number of young people and young families moving into this area for the jobs that we have here. And we're in a unique opportunity right here in our community to have something there in there. And I, we are asking for, for each and every one of you to prayerfully consider leading a community group. And listen, I don't want you to come to me uh, when we get done with service and say, hey, I want to lead the community group. I'm going to tell you to go back and pray about it because I just told you to pray about it. So we, we, we want each and every one of us to have an impact in our community. What is a community group and, and what isn't it? Well, like I said, it's going to be a time for us to engage the community of which we're at by proximity, right? We're not going to host anything here at the church. This is all going to be whatever you deem, whether it's a coffee shop in your home. This isn't going to be a time where you can show off, where you show off your home to people and you say, look at this cool stuff I have. This isn't a time where you can you know, say, look at the cool food I have. This isn't going to be a preaching session. I'm not asking you to preach a 45-minute sermon. I'm not asking you to, to I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what it looks like in your home. I don't care what it looks like. Whatever you feel led by the Spirit to do to have an impact where you live because the formula is going to be different. We are asking everyone to pray about that and step up. I'm praying specifically for a few folks as well. You know, I, I, I mentioned something earlier. God is trying to instruct each and every one of us to be good neighbors. Right here, through His Word, he, He's trying to teach us. He's trying to, to like I said, put those glasses on, put the, put the lenses on our eyes so we can look at this, this parable right here and not see just another children's story that we talk about in, in, in Sunday school or in children's worship. He's asking us to really look and deep dive and, and dissect, and it's painful what he's asking us to do, asking us to, to look inside of each and every one of us and say, am I a good neighbor? How have I been a bad neighbor this week? What have I done today to mistreat those around me? What have I done today to, to, to be mean and hateful to my wife because your wife's your neighbor too? See, he's asking us to, to look to our neighbors, not as transactional relationships, but, but seek out transformational relationships, kingdom-driven relationships. 
So maybe you're a believer, a Christian here today who, who has struggled with that, who needs time to, to seek God and say, God, I've been an awful neighbor. I've shared posts on Facebook that I ain't got any business sharing. I've been hateful. I've been mean. Now's the time to, to, to pray over that and, and, and go and do likewise. But, but see, the other side of that is this. You can't truly, and this is, this is very unpopular, but you can't truly be a good neighbor unless you're a believer in Jesus, right? See, the world, they try to do good, and, and, sec, and secular society tries to do its best, and I believe there are genuinely some decent people in secular society. But the only way we can truly have an impact, not just for the gospel, not just for Jesus, but have an impact, have a positive impact in this world, is to follow Jesus, is to be a believer in Him. Regardless of those in the world that try to do good and secular organizations that do their best to solve this problem and fix people, unless they, they know the saving power of, of, of Jesus Christ and are true believers, there's nothing really you can do to be a good neighbor. So maybe you're saying, hey, 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 pastor, I want some of that. I want to I wanna be a good neighbor. I thought I've been doing good, and I thought I've been, been doing all this stuff. And, you know, I, I volunteer at a homeless shelter. And, you know, when I, when I go through the home goods line and they, they ask me, do I want to donate $2 to this? I always say yes. I say, make it five. I'm a good person, but I feel like something's missing inside of me. I'm up here telling you right now, the only way you can ever be a good neighbor is to know Jesus. You can't comprehend the, the, the full picture unless you've been adopted by God. See, we were all these men laying on the side of the road. We were, we were all that beaten up, broken down guy who had just been robbed and we're laying there dying on the side of the road. And, and a priest comes by and, and a government official comes by and they walk on past us and want nothing to do with us. But then a Samaritan, someone that is good Christian people or a good person should not have any contact with, comes by, reaches down, and bandages up. See, see, we were condemned to death, caught up in the sin of the world with no one coming to save us. Then a good Samaritan comes along, the ultimate good neighbor, someone the world despises, who's an outsider, yet was prepared to save us, ready to pay the price, for our life even though we were undeserving that's Jesus he's ready and willing to save you whatever you find yourself in whatever you, you come bearing he's coming to rescue you and when he comes you have no other choice but to go and do likewise let's pray dear God we come to you today as a broken beaten down man laying on the side of the road who'd been robbed and left for dead that was us your word says we were dead in our sins and our trespasses condemned to die a horrible death but you come along you come along as someone that the world wants nothing to do with as the world tries to do their own thing and try to be a good person and try this and try that and all kinds of stuff. You say, there's no more trying. I'm going to save you. I'm willing, waiting, and capable to save you. Now go and do likewise. That's my prayer today. 
God, if there's a believer in here, God, that has been resisting you as you're trying to open their eyes, who still wants to try to do their thing their way, God, and, and, and I, I pray that you break those false lenses today. Father, break that. Let them see what their neighbor is all around them, God. You've called them into the greatest mission field on the, on, in the world, this planet Earth, their community, Father. Open their eyes today. If there's someone here today that doesn't know you, doesn't know the saving grace, God is, is wrapped up in all kinds of sin and shame, let today be the day of deliverance. Deliver them whatever it may be. Dust them off, pay their, their debt, and set them free, and let them go and do likewise today. Let today be that day, whether it's in their pew or it's here at the altar, whatever it may be, let today be the day. In your name we pray. Amen. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, I want to talk with you about it. I'll meet with you about it. We can meet in my office. I don't care, but I feel God's trying to do something right now. Whether you're someone who, who trusts Him and believes Him, but has been going around trying to be a, 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 being a bad neighbor, and God said, you need to be a good neighbor, I want to talk to you about that. I want to, I want to struggle with it through you. Or whether you're someone today who, who has no clue what any of this is about, but you can feel Jesus whispering, be a good neighbor, go and do likewise. Now's the time. Come, pray in your seat. Let's do something. Let's go.
Thank you. Listen, really enjoyed having each and every one of you here with us today, whether you're online or in person. If you made decisions while you were at home, anything you want to tell us about, just call us here at the church office. Send us an email. We'd love to rejoice with you and, 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 and help you however we can. Listen, I'm serious about those community groups. I feel this is going to be something great. Pray about it this week and come call me during the week or come talk to me next Sunday. I think this is going to be a really, really good thing, and I think this is going to be what true discipleship really is in each and every one of our homes. So, um, it, as we leave today, I'm about to pray and, and dismiss each and every one of us. If you're a, a parent of a child in our children's ministry, Pastor Kevin is out under the awning on the office uh, entrance. They have their take-home activity for this week. Um, so go and, and get that. And then if you're a first-time guest, please come talk to me and my wife. I'll put my mask back on. I'll be safe. If you have anything you're going through want to talk with me, I can talk with you back there as well. Of course, next Sunday, we got Life Group coming. That's exciting. That's exciting, good stuff. It's going to be good. Wednesday night's going to be very yeah. good. Students, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. So, uh, the 20th, September the 20th, too, that night. We had one w way back several weeks ago, that Sunday night, the night of worship yes. out in the parking lot. We're going to do that again on the 20th. Have a good time. Sing a lot of familiar songs, a lot of new songs. Just have a good time. Bring a lawn chair. We're going to do it in the evening. I think we're starting at 5. Find a shade. There's a few trees out there. It'll get cool as the night goes on. Just have a good time worship. Yeah, sit in my car with no AC. Sounds like fun, huh? Yeah. All right. So, uh, good. Let, let's pray and let's go out about our, uh, and, and, and as you go, of course, don't forget to give. There are three ways to give. You can give. As you exit, you can give online. You can text to give. And all that information is in your worship folder. So, again, let's pray. And we're going to dismiss very orderly. I know you want to talk, and you can, but you can talk outside. So, dear God, we thank you. We love you, Father, for being a, a, a God who seeks, seeks us out. God, though we, we come to you looking for something for ourselves, you send us out looking for others. 
Help us this week to be good neighbors, whether it's in person or online or whatever that might be. No matter what we're going through, struggling with, let us always remember you've told us to go and do likewise. Be with each and every person here in this auditorium today. Let them go out emboldened and empowered to make an impact for you. In your name we pray. Amen. We'll see y'all next week.